I remember vividly the days of paying for songs on iTunes and paying to rent movies from a local video store. I couldn't complain. This was a level of convenience that I knew hadn't existed for all too long. Yet still, I remember feeling gross, selfish, and criminal when I'd find a way to download a song for free or watch a movie online that featured large Russian subtitles. Okay, I, I didn't feel that bad, but it was bizarre that I'd have a mild check-over-your-shoulder feeling when doing this. Why wasn't this incredibly convenient alternative being offered? You know the next part of this story. The advent of Spotify killed the pay-for-each-song model. The introduction of Netflix killed the rent-an-individual-movie model. So it shouldn't come as a surprise that video game companies have seen the writing on the wall, realizing that properly adapting to a similar model will allow each respective company to stay relevant, and doing it right will allow a specific company to reign supreme. Cloud-based gaming, as it's called, is the industry's response to the convenience consumers desire in 2020. How does this model work? How will it change digital media as a whole? And how likely is this to really succeed? All of this and more will be explored today on Tube Circuit. I'm Dylan Harari. One day, when I was in middle school, I was homesick. My mother offered to rent me a movie from our local video store, some entertainment to help make the time pass while bedridden. But as a middle schooler who had seen many YouTube creators plug Netflix vanity URLs, I proposed something else to my mom. Instead of renting me a movie from the video store, how about instead I use your credit card to sign up for a first month free of Netflix? For practically the same price you would spend to rent me a single movie, I will have access to a wide-ranging roster of films and I'll cancel your subscription before the 30 days is up. She conceded. This sounded very logical. In that moment, I had become a 12-year-old salesperson for Netflix, parroting what I heard YouTubers say in sponsorships. But it was an easy sell, because it was so much more convenient and affordable. Those two factors will always act as a winning business model. I remember hearing a remarkable story recounted in a podcast once about the early differences between the business models of Blockbuster and Netflix. Apparently, the exact moment that Netflix knew that they were onto something special and industry-disrupting is when they heard that Blockbuster's business model relied heavily on catching people with late fees. This is how they made a disproportionate amount of their revenue. Netflix realized that if their biggest competitor was a company that makes their revenue from consumers begrudgingly handing over their money, it wouldn't be hard for them to build a brand based on a healthier relationship. 
They knew that they could bring consumers what they wanted, that being convenience and affordability. This philosophy may sound obvious, but it's often overlooked in favor of milking every cent from the consumer. But now, this forward-thinking philosophy seen with Netflix has been extrapolated to every facet of tech. And I think we're seeing it again with cloud-based gaming. If it's not abundantly clear, Cloud-based gaming is, for the most part, a Netflix meets video games experience. Instead of paying for one physical copy of a video game, you pay for a subscription service that offers you a wide array of games. And just like Netflix, you're not restricted to watching a show on only one device. With cloud-based gaming, you can start a game on your Xbox, continue it on your PC, and finish the game on your Android phone. For phones, in case you're wondering, you can purchase attachable video game controllers. So who's betting big on cloud-based gaming? Well, it's not a startup looking to make half-baked video games with the promise of quantity over quality. It's Microsoft with Xbox, it's Sony with PlayStation, it's NVIDIA with GeForce Now, it's Google with Stadia, and this week it was announced that Amazon wants to play ball, announcing their service, Luna. But again, it only makes sense. The Xbox One, PlayStation 4, Nintendo Switch all offer most of their games to be downloaded right onto the system. That's because the thought of buying a physical copy of a video game feels as archaic as renting an individual movie from a blockbuster. Honestly, you may think that video games are a few years late to this trend. So yes, downloading a video game directly onto the hardware does have a Netflix feel to it. But that's only one part of the equation. What makes Netflix so special is so much more than removing the need for physical copies. They allow you to pay one monthly price that grants you access to an entire library of quality content. It feels so primitive and archaic when I think back to a reality before Spotify and Netflix, where the consumer would pay individual prices per piece of entertainment. A streaming model is such a necessary disruption. The biggest players in gaming now see this and realize that the future of their companies hinges on their ability to conquer and shape how cloud-based gaming operates. Betting big on a streaming model for video games is the forward-thinking move. In terms of sales numbers, software has been an increasingly lucrative endeavor for this industry. In 2019, gaming-related software generated $143 billion and accounted for 74% of total gaming spend across software, hardware, and accessories. Now is also the perfect time to launch cloud-based gaming at scale because it's in line with people's wallets. Convenience is always an essential motivator to a purchasing decision, but affordability is too. For obvious reasons that I'm not going to explain, 
people right now are penny-pinching a bit more than they usually are. Disposable income isn't rolling in for every American. But right now, Take-Two Interactive will be pricing their NBA 2K21 game at a staggering $70. That should sound expensive to anyone, but gamers are really looking at that number skeptically. One study showed that 9 in 10 gamers believe that video games should cost less than $60. What gives? The industry has been weighing the potential of cloud-based gaming for some time, long pondering when the best time would be to shift operations to this model. In 2010, there was a startup called OnLive, which was one of the first cloud gaming services. It failed pretty badly and was eventually sold to Sony. Why did it fail? Well, this is where the value of timing comes into play. In 2010, ISPs, internet service providers, could not give your average gamer the necessary bandwidth to allow this to work. But after some time, gaming chip company NVIDIA announced Grid, which was later branded as GeForce Now. This came with the promise of a Netflix meets gaming experience. And as I teased earlier, they're one of the more discussed players in the new cloud-based gaming space today. There was a value in beginning the cloud-based gaming efforts early on. Then, PlayStation Now, another top cloud-based gaming provider today, entered the mix really in 2014. But back then, their focus was on older games. The mentality was, nobody is going to go out and buy a physical copy of an old PS2 or PS3 game anyways, so we may as well provide it to them in the form of a monthly subscription bundle. Nobody really paid much attention to PlayStation Now at all in 2014. And for that matter, even NVIDIA GeForce Now wasn't receiving many accolades back then. But since 2019, it really feels like there's been an industry shift. This could be from the undeniable success of Netflix and Spotify providing a monthly payment for a library of entertainment model. Or, as some speculate, it could be from the overwhelming success of Fortnite's downloadable content. Fortnite's downloadable content, which is, for the most part, nothing more than different character skins, has been a cash cow for Epic Games. As we talked about earlier, the most lucrative end of the video game industry has increasingly been with software in other offerings that aren't physical games and hardware. Clearly, the industry saw this as a sign that the public was ready for a future based around downloads over going to a GameStop, which again, feels so insanely primitive. So while cloud-based gaming has existed since around 2013, 2014, it wasn't a model that the industry was heavily investing in until very recent years. 2019-2020 is when Google, Xbox, and very recently Amazon 
have announced that they had big plans with cloud-based gaming. But all of these companies have different approaches to cloud-based gaming and what their service in particular will offer the consumer. As the entire industry is looking for 2020 to be the year that they dominate cloud-based gaming, there are huge implications for which cloud-based gaming service will reign supreme. Think about it this way. Netflix didn't have every studio trying to do streaming video at the same time. While of course streaming video existed in some forms for years prior, Netflix really pioneered a model to popularity. As a result, they're still seen as the preeminent streaming platform. So how are the different cloud-based gaming services positioning themselves early on? Well, remember, PlayStation was one of the first big players to invest in this model, but their focus was around older video games that nobody was going to buy a physical copy of anyways. That's where Microsoft's Xbox saw a golden opportunity to one-up their competitor. For context, since 2013, there have been over 100 million PlayStation 4s sold, but only 50 million Xbox Ones sold. PlayStation inarguably won the console battles with these recent iterations. And in November, we're seeing the release of the new PlayStation and Xbox consoles. But now winning for these two competitors isn't so squarely defined on selling the hardware as much as it is on selling their cloud-based services. Many have reported how the larger focus of both companies is in the potential for their cloud-based game streaming services more so than their hardware. Especially when you consider that the cloud-based gaming service can be accessed from any number of different devices and hardware, phones, computers, consoles, you name it. So to properly draw a dividing line between their approach and that of PlayStation's, Xbox Game Pass Ultimate currently has far less games than that of PlayStation Now. But they're focusing more on newer titles as opposed to older games. PlayStation Now is responding by adding some newer games to their libraries. But this is where Xbox is looking to differentiate themselves in their marketing. Newer versus older. Xbox Game Pass Ultimate and PlayStation Now are $15 and $10 respectively. But aside from these two goliaths of the industry, what are the other cloud-based gaming approaches that companies are putting forward? And which will be the most appealing to the average video game consumer? Again, there are many different companies trying to shake up the gaming industry with a revolutionary cloud-based approach. But alongside citing Xbox and PlayStation, I'm going to be focusing on the larger players within this space. On that, Google Stadia is free, though you have to pay for the games that you can stream anywhere through the platform. Each game is anywhere from $15 to $70. And for the recently announced Amazon Luna, 
they're taking an exceptionally unique approach. You pay a base $5.99 per month. But in a cable model that gives me PTSD to being on the phone with Comcast, they're hoping that people will pay for added publisher bundles that cost a monthly fee. This would mean that on top of the base $5.99 per month subscription, you'd pay for added monthly libraries from publishers like Ubisoft or EA Games. While I hate the idea of a cable television model being applied to cloud-based gaming, it's undeniable that Amazon is uniquely poised to shape this new streaming focus of the industry. That's because the Amazon Fire TV Stick is already one of the most popular streaming devices. You'll be able to access your Luna games through the Fire TV Stick. This being turned into a video game console would mean accessibility that spans gamers and non-gamers alike. The reach is huge. At this point, I'm going to assume that most people who aren't interested in the gaming industry have stopped listening to this podcast. That's fine. But for those of you who are still listening, whether it's because you're fascinated by the future of a cloud-based model, or you're in a sudden state of paralysis, this is where the cloud-based model gets interesting. Here we go. If Google owns YouTube and Amazon owns Twitch, what implications will that have on the greater offerings to their cloud-based services? Well, it means a level of interconnectivity that will truly elevate the experience for the viewer and the YouTube or Twitch entertainer. But beyond just elevating the experience for each party, it will allow for a greater shared experience. Since 2019, Google Stadia, which again was one of the first prominent cloud-based gaming platforms, Way back in 2019, I know. Well, they said that they envisioned YouTube creators being able to easily play with their fans. While this is yet to be launched at scale, what Google Stadia has introduced is a crowd choice feature to two games on Stadia thus far allowing viewers to vote on what they'd want their streamer to do while in a specific game. This could mean that while a YouTuber is playing a game on Stadia, streaming it to their fans through a YouTube gaming livestream, their fans can, in real time, vote on what they'd want the content creator to do. From there, the YouTuber can decide whether or not they choose the audience request. It should be obvious how monumental this is. The pitch for YouTube gaming content creators to be strongly connected with their fans in real time while they play is truly invaluable. While they're early in implementing this, depending on how much these features provide over time, we may see many YouTube gaming exclusive creators choosing Stadia as their cloud-based gaming service of choice. The same, of course, could be said for the fans. With all of this being said, the announcement of Amazon's Luna 
must make you consider that there is similar potential. This, of course, being with Twitch, the most popular live streaming platform. Currently, what we know about the shared experience with Luna and Twitch is that, quote, inside the Luna experience, players will see Twitch streams for games in the service. And from Twitch, they'll be able to instantly start playing Luna games. Clearly, Twitch and Luna gaming will complement one another nicely. Amazon will be able to leverage the foothold they have in the live streaming space in order to offer a more immersive experience with Luna. The offering of being able to watch a Twitch streamer playing a game, then with the click of a button, start playing that game for yourself, speaks to Twitch's influence on the average consumer's gaming habits. This allows Amazon to pretty much use Twitch as a vehicle by which they can market Amazon Luna. If you like watching Twitch streamers, use the Luna cloud-based gaming service for the optimal experience. This is why I anticipate Amazon's Luna being the most successful cloud-based gaming service in no time. In Q2 of 2020, Twitch had 5 billion hours watched. This was more than Facebook gaming and YouTube gaming combined. As we've talked about many times in this podcast before, the promise of a metaverse in the companies who can shape this interconnected digital universe are the ones that will thrive. Allowing Twitch viewers to be able to jump from viewing a streamer to real-time playing in such a seamless fashion is a huge step in the metaverse direction. For Google's Stadia, I think its success will largely hinge on the growth of YouTube gaming. YouTube Gaming has signed exclusive deals with top streamers recently, including PewDiePie, but YouTube Gaming's quarantine growth was nothing compared to that scene with Twitch. A topic for another day, but Twitch is remaining the dominant force in live streaming. But even with major players in this industry betting big on cloud-based gaming, that doesn't mean that there aren't skeptics of this model. There are some experts in this field that are highly skeptical of the potential success that can be seen with cloud-based gaming, both in practicality and its appeal to consumers. With many ISPs having capped data plans, and there being a lack of 5G readily available for every gamer, there may be too much lag for a pick-up-and-play-anywhere style of gaming. Without getting too deep in techie jargon that, frankly, I barely even understand, it is far easier to use your smartphone to stream a Netflix movie than it is to play an immersive, details-rich game. If the game is anything short of pristine quality, many gamers may just opt for downloading a game on a console and playing it only through that one medium. The other concern that has been raised is that not every gamer is looking for an expansive library of games. Netflix needs to have thousands of offerings because each is only experienced once. 
this is for the show or movie's full duration, and then it's rarely revisited. Games are immersive worlds that players can spend hundreds of hours in. There are 90 games in Stadia, 150 on Microsoft's Game Pass, 100 on Luna, and 800 on NVIDIA GeForce Now. Again, I'll remind you that there's also a wide range of quality in the game offerings. But that aside, the concern is that the average gamer isn't looking for an endless library of video games. Maybe, like we've seen in Fortnite, they'll want to explore an ever-expanding universe that exists in a singular game for hundreds of hours spanning months. These are valid concerns raised by skeptics of the cloud-based gaming model. And think about it, only 10 years ago, OnLive, the cloud-based gaming startup, went under. It was too much too soon. But 10 years later, are we still in a too-much-too-soon predicament? It's no secret that 5G isn't widely available. Why isn't the industry waiting another 10 years when it's a far safer bet that cloud-based gaming will be the ideal model for the average gamer, given our technological resources then? Fair question. But the video game industry as a whole is always focused on innovation. Think about the amount of early investments we saw in esports leagues long before it was mainstream in the US. This was led by the knowledge that this was inevitably going to be huge. And now, the industry has rushed to make progress on cloud-based gaming. Look at Spotify's model within the music industry. Look at Netflix's model within the film industry. The wave is inevitable for gaming. The video game industry is forward-thinking, so they're smart to bet big on cloud-based gaming early. And in no time, we will see which company reigns supreme thanks to the unique offerings provided through their model. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Tube Circuit, Exploring Digital Media. Thank you.